1: Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer.
0: Hey,
2: welcome back in. This show is Mark Reinbold. got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker.
3: Again, we're talking about touch not the profane. The world is really defilement. And, you know, the excitement of realizing by the Scripture now that we are closing in. You and I, this group of people, are closing in on some very exciting times. Something that, it, that is going to make a difference between us and them. And that's the thing it always was with Israel. It was always Israel, excuse me, and then it was them. And the way it's going to get between us and the church, it's going to be us, and it's going to be them. Now, I have prophesied for a number of years that we're going to come to a time when what's going to happen is a lot of these pastors are, are are going to get a real talking to, some of them, bless God, may even get poked in the nose when the people wake up to the fact that they can't do anything for you. There's nothing they can do because they are also in defilement. There's no way in the world for them to rescue you. And and as sad as this is, folks, our numbers could very easily quadruple after this first plague comes through. And that's another reason why I want to make sure we get into the media and we start getting this word out because let me tell you something, they're going to need somewhere to go. They're going to need somewhere to go and if you now if you're in an area and, and outside of this up here and you're saying hey you know I, I i would really like to i would really like to start a fellowship and i'd really like to do some things you need to talk you need to talk you in fact you need to talk to to, uh, to uh, and we'll see what we can uh, see what we can work out but because we need to get there's so you know i'm in, i'm in such few cities and there's so many cities to contact but the media uh, is, is the means in which uh, God is going to let us do those things. Now, Psalms 119, I'm sorry, 78. How do you like that? Back that one up real quick. Psalm 78. And boy, I'll tell you what. When these psalms were written, David and the boys knew what they were talking about. Psalm 78, 1. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable, I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. Now notice this is talking about showing to their children. For He established a testimony in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, that he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them even the children which should be born who should arise and declare them to their children so it was going to be something that God said that was to be sent from generation to generation to their, everybody to, to, to give to, those, to their children and pass it down seven that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments now now, you notice how that these are beginning to, to, to match up or bond together, these scriptures. Here again, uh, the, 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 the writer says that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. Now, what, 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 have, we, what have we been reading in Deuteronomy and, and uh, about the fact that God's saying, now look, when things get good, don't forget. Don't forget. And, and again, the writer here is saying, no, forget the works of God. Do not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Number eight, and might, might not be, as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that has are set, are set not their hearts aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Boy, listen to nine. The children of Ephraim, uh-oh, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in His law. Uh-oh, that's us and forget his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and at night with the light of fire. He clave the rock in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths." He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against Him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Uh Uh-oh. They asked for meat in their lust. Now, you know why that tempted God? Because they knew God was going to give it to them. They didn't have to ask as long as they kept the covenant, okay? Okay. Yea, they spake against God, and they said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Remember when they did that? Behold, he smote the rock, and the waters gushed out, and, and the streams overflowed. Can he give, give bread also? Can he provide place for the people? Therefore the Lord heard this, and was wrought. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and an anger also against Israel, because they believed not in God, and trusted not in his salvation. Though that he had commanded the clouds, from above, and opened the doors of heaven, and had rained down manna upon them to eat, and had given them the corn of heaven, and and did eat angels' food, he sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by the power he brought in the south wind, he rained flesh upon them as dust, and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea, and he let it fall in the midst of their camp round about their habitations. So they did eat and were filled, for he gave them their own desire. Boy, they were not estranged from, from their lust. But while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the chosen men of Israel. Now, now listen, for all this they sinned still. And believe not in his wondrous works. Therefore the days did he consume in vanity, and their years in trouble. Now, you know, this is the thing. When they started going bad, it didn't just all end, did it? And, folks, this is something that when you begin to look back at, we begin to realize that our troubles don't just come on us like bang. They come on gradually. And if you can begin to look into the things of the sins within your life, you can begin to realize, see, with God, it's not three strikes, you're out. Thank God it's not. But he is continually trying to do what? Draw us back to the Scriptures. Now, I I can remember in my own life, I I wasn't long, long way from even starting to do anything with ministry. I was in a Pentecostal church, and bless God, I had uh, got my eyes on on, uh, what was one of the ministers of the church, and I was really, really, really disappointed. And I said, "I don't think so." I quit. Well, see, you don't. You know, I quit. That's easy enough. My choice. I quit. And and you know, I tried to run from God. And 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 bless God, that didn't do me any good. And 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 bless God, it ended up being that in the end, things got worse, and it got worse, and it got worse, and all the time. The Spirit of the Lord was trying to draw me back to Him. One of the things that you've got to be real, real careful about is becoming insensitive unto His Spirit. Some of you need to learn to to be sensitive to His Spirit, but once you can get in a place of some uh, uh, sensual uh, happenings with God spiritually, then then you can quench that. Quench not the Spirit of God. Quench not the anointing of God. And sometimes we'll quench the, the anointing, and, and not even know that we've quenched it because of, of what? Because we have displeased the Father. We have to please Him. Nobody else, there's nobody else in the picture, it's Him. That's the reason I said you've got to be careful about your motives and the intents of your heart, because after all, that's what God is judging. He's looking here. Thank God that He does look here. There's some real stupid things we do with our flesh and our mouths that bless God, but when He, jud- he judges from here. I'll go into that one day when we grow a little bit, and and I'm going to guarantee you you probably will stand up and applaud, okay, because he's some kind of a God. He's some kind of a God to love us, to put up with us. You know, I've always said if I was God, I'd have zapped us all out, and then I'd zapped me out, and it would have been over a long time ago, okay? You don't have any mercy? Well, I guess not, you know. It just seemed like we're not going anywhere, and it seemed like, the blessed God, that we seem to so easily forget. Now, what about the sin? The Bible talks about the sin that so easily seems to beset us. I'm going to ask you, and I don't want you to <laughs> speak out loud, please. What is the sin that seems to so easily beset you? What is it? Oh, Brother Deckard, I don't have any. Well, then you need to stand up so we can see you. Okay. See, that's the reason I keep saying about this judgmental spirit. Let him without sin cast the first stone. And we've got people throwing boulders at each other that, bless God, that, and we're, we're, what's that all about anyway? Stupidity? Absolutely. And it, again, it's a lack of knowledge. But what is that sin in your life? And this is private between you and the Lord God that we serve. What is the thing? What is the one thing in your life that if you could get out of your life tonight? Now you're not going to get them all out, so don't say, "Well, I got 15." Now, bless God, we're not going to do 15. We <laughs> would be here all night. That might be fun, though, for me. But we are, we are going to look into the possibility of you being delivered of a sin tonight. If you could pick. And you said, well, well, I mean, I don't want to rob banks and murder people. Well, I hope not. Well, thank God, will you've come past that one? You know, I, in fact, that was my petition to God one time. I said, well, I know I've got like, this thing going on, but at least I'm not robbing banks and I'm not murdering people and I'm not on drugs and I'm not a drunk. You know, I'm going through all this stuff, but but you see, that's good. That, 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 but what about what about those other things? Well, what about those things? Are you? Do you have a judgmental spirit? 99.9% of you would not have to go any further if you wanted to choose that one that's in this room. That, 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 you, you have a spirit. Is there a spirit, a, a sin of discord, where that you just can't seem to, that you have to tell everybody what you know about everybody and everything? That's a spirit. can be delivered from it. Or, or maybe, bless God, you, you, you have a, a the, the sin that's within you is a sin of, of, of bless God, not being able to tell the truth. Or maybe maybe it's a sin of, of, of boasting. You know, there, you can sin if you're going to boast. What is that sin? You know what it is. What's that thing that you keep calling out to God and saying, God, deliver me, and never seem to be delivered from? That's what we want to do. That's where we want to start. And, and, and as I said, as we travel down this road the rest of the evening, I want you to I want you to you know to bear witness that the word of God will do what? It will set us free. See that that's what the word will do. It will cleanse us. It will set us back upon the right road and do it every time. Now the rules to deliverance are are, are relatively uh simple and we'll get to those rules later on. Let's go to 119 Psalms 119. Uh Let's see, let's do 105, in which I think everybody's probably, let God, this and 130, or probably have these memorized. But let's look at them anyway. 119, 105, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Again, further evidence that we want you to be what? Scriptural. Now it, now look, notice it says the word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path." Doesn't say a whole thing about the fact that your dream or your vision you had was, does it? The only thing that's a lamp under our feet is what? The word. The more the word that you know, the more the light will guide you. All right? The more of God's word that you know, the more light can guide you. If you're not willing, see, uh, that, that, that was one of the things I always, uh, I, you know, I always kind of smiled about, about most of the denominations. Most of the denominations take you through their, uh, their theology. It may take a year. It may take six months, whatever it is. And they take you through it. And after they get, it through, get you through it, guess what? You take that whole class over again. Now, I'm not saying there's anything terribly wrong with that. The thing that I'm saying is they they don't have any they don't have any plan to take you past that. In other words, there's not any reward to take you from that to the next plateau or to the next step. The, the 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 system that God uses, which I that, you know that that I personally love to walk in, is he rewards us as we grow. See, and I love this. When you're first saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, the Rehachadish, all of a sudden you have some spiritual <clears throat> things taking place that are truly out of this world, and we all know that. And boy, I'm going to tell you, for the next maybe six months, I'm telling you, you're hearing God say things, and, and you're, you're, you know, I mean, things are happening. You're finding things in the Word, and and man alive, you're riding the high wave, and and you're just loving it. And then all of a sudden, it all seems to slow down. It all seems to almost stop. And, 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 and sometimes that's when people fall away from God. And again, the reason is because they've got no one to tell them what's going on. What's going on? God wants to first get the hook in your jaw, and the way He's going to do it is let you know that He is God, and He will deal with you through the supernatural so that you know that He's God. So that you know, that you know, that you know, and it don't make any difference what your neighbor says, your family says, you know he's God. And we have been there. You and this group and myself, we have been there. But why does it get shut down to the point where it just, see, God showed me that as a, as a spigot on a, on a water faucet. You get filled with the Holy Ghost, he turns it up, and man, it's flowing. And then it, it, it turned down a notch, turned down a notch, turned down, and then it gets down to just a drip, drip. Drip. What is that about when that happens? Just what we studied. Just what we talked about. God wants to know what's in your heart. What's the motives behind this? Why why is it you want to raise the dead? Why is it you want the death angel to pass over obviously that you live? Why is it you want to be able to keep these words of the Lord God, these commandments and bless God to be blessed? Why is it that you want to walk and know that you are different from them? Only you can answer those things. Only you can know. But you see, God is looking here to make sure that the motives and the intents that's within this is correct. I, yeah, you know, I, I can tell you from the years and years and years, I didn't, see, I didn't start out being able to say to that hurricane, you will sit there three days and three nights and churn. You will go east, you will go west, you will go north, you will go south, you'll sit there. And you will confound science. I didn't start out there. I could, There's no way, or you know why? Because God couldn't trust me to work within that kind of the power of, God's, of his anointing and do what's right. You know why? When you're young, before he can trust you, if you have that kind of power, you know what you do? You'll begin to use it as a weapon. Okay? You'll begin, somebody crosses you, well, that's good enough. I'll get on my face and put them in the dirt. They're dead. They die. Go to the grave. And God's saying, pee? No, he's saying, oh, my. So God's not going to let that happen. Today, when I have to contend into those kind of areas, and from time to time I do, I know that I'm doing it with the right heart. I'm not doing it because all of a sudden somebody's crossed me and made me mad. It doesn't work that way. I didn't get to where I'm at by just uh, deciding, well, I'll show you because the anointing will do this. That's called tempting God, and that doesn't work. Okay? But as the anointing begins to grow, and it does, okay, then we begin to realize that if the Word will make that light and guide my feet, which is to the things that God wants us to go to, then that's what I want for my, my life. Wouldn't it not be something to understand the, how God guides us. Now, I, you know, I'm one of these boys. old boys is a little crude. Finding the will of God for me is the easiest thing in this world. I fast, I pray, I go to door number one, I don't pry it open. If it comes open, I go through. If it won't open, I go to door number two. If i got to go to door number 54, I just go to door number 54. And people say, well, that, that, that do not sound very spiritual. It's not. But I will find the will of God. Because I understand walking in the perfect will of God, is is, bless God, is what it's all about. Now, it's much easier when you walk and there's light that's uh, guiding and illuminating the path in which you're walking with God. And that's that's what's been uh, spoken here. Now, over in 130, it says, The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding to the simple. And you know, I really always like that because it let me know real quick, that I did not have to be a genius in order for God to guide me. Okay? You know, I'm all the time telling people, say, well, I'm just, not, I'm just not real smart about it. You don't need to be smart. I'm going to tell you something. This thing, it, it, I'm going to tell you what i found, what, what I personally have found through the years. The people with high IQs have a terrible time, most of which never are able to reach spiritual depths with God because... They let this get in the way, right here. They let this get, call those things which be as though they're not, or call those things which be not as though they are. Speak to those. You know what you're doing? You're going over into another realm of which all this doesn't know anything about. I've had people say, ah, come on, let's get real, prophet. Let's get real, real. Now, you don't really believe because you spoke that that's going to happen. I said, oh, not only do I believe it, I know it. You hear what I said? Not only do I believe that, I know that. And see, again, when you, when, you get, when you get into the positions and you begin to realize, my Lord and my God, He will let me tap into the power of the anointing, the thing you've got to do is say why to yourself. See, and that, again, that was the thing that I kept saying over and over and over again and again again to the church, where is the power of the anointing of God gone to? Where is the power of the anointing at? Well, it's here. It's in our music. It's in our dances. It's in our, you know, it's in... It, it, and I said, no, no, where, 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 where are the signs to confirm the Word as being from God? See, God has always given signs. One of the signs in which God has always let me... Use has been confirming the word with the miracles and healings that uh, that I've had, and I've talked in the past about those things that I've had a phenomenal percentage of people receiving healings and miracles throughout the the 33 years of my ministry, and and and, uh, it used to be somewhere around 87 percent when we had people come that really tried to keep track of the thing over time. Uh, That that, that's uh, but I've always known that that more people are healed than not. I've always known that in services. I I never keep count. It's none of my business. The only only thing I ever keep count of is if somebody comes in a line and that anointing doesn't break that yoke, I usually take that home and pray about it. If God doesn't reveal sometimes God will reveal it. Listen to me. Let me tell you about sin. You've heard me tell the story about the lady that came in this room, and, and bless her heart, she was a... Uh, uh, pastors, uh, 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 actually it was Assembly of God, pastor's wife from quite a ways from here. She came in, sat back over on that side, and bless God, she'd from up in the line, and, and she got up there, and, and, and when the anointing's upon me and I'm able to look over into the other side, the spirit world, sometimes I see people and they look like they're bruised, all black and blue, their faces just black and blue, and, and what that is is they've been prayed and had hands laid on them so many times, they look black and blue. So I got to her and I said, "I said, sis, I said, well, what are you here for?" She said, "Well, she said, uh, I, I'm a pastor's wife, and she said, uh, I'm dying of cancer, and she said, I come here to get healed." I said, "Okay." I started to lay hands on her and God said, "Don't, don't you pray for her?" He said, "You tell her to go and repent to her sister-in-law, and then she'll be healed." Boy, she got mad. The story was she went stomping out, and uh, she liked to die. But in the end, she came back, and, and uh, she said, "Got done service. She said, Prophet, can I say something? I said, yeah. She stood up, and she said, well, you know, I wasn't happy when at all. And I said, we could tell when you left you weren't happy. And she said, but I finally liked to die, and then I thought, well, why not go try what the prophet told me? So she said, I went and repented to my sister-in-law. She said, immediately, I, beca- I began to be healed. And she said, I'm healed today. Now what is that? That number one is rebellion because the woman rebelled. But I shouldn't say number one. Maybe number two. Number one is the fact that her sin, okay, of, of unforgiveness. She would not. She she would not repent to her sister-in-law. And and what was it? Because her rebellion. She she wouldn't she wouldn't let her sister-in-law forgive her, because of some words they had some falling out there. And people said, "Oh my, oh oh, oh 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 my!" Let me tell you something. I've had people in healing lines that I have cast. Uh, bless God, uh, 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 arthritis—not um, all the time, but arthritis is a spirit. And and bless God, arthritis can be caused because of unforgiveness. And I've seen a lot of it. Unforgiveness, sin—of course, it's sin. Is that, is that called defilement? Big time. So you see, we have, we have and have to understand that, brothers and sisters, there's lots of ways to defile. And boy, that's not sounding good, and it's not. But there are ways that you can turn the defilement around. And, and the way you start is called repentance. But you first got to know what to repent for. Do you, do you remember when Paul got trying to explain about Communion. You remember when he said that many sleep, many are sick, and many have died because they have partaken of the body and the blood of Yeshua unworthily. You remember that? Now, lesson number 7762-394. Number one, communion is not to be taken every day. Oh, but it says as often as you do. Sure does. Where was Yeshua at when he when he implemented the communion, at the Seder table. Now, now, now. When do you have an anniversary? Thank you. Oh, this is going to get sticky. Hang on. Now, fasten your spiritual seat belts, boys and girls. We're about to take off. Now, the Lord God. Yeshua, he was there, and he he was saying, you know, was, uh, in remembrance of me. It's not every time you get together, grab a cracker, and a, and a piece of uh, and a, a cup of grape juice, and call it holy holy communion. There's two reasons. One is, do you remember the first time when you got saved that you ever heard the old rugged cross? Most of us cried. I did. Never heard anything any more beautiful in my life than the old rugged cross. And when I have been there 10,000 years. Huh, but you want to know something? That little church I was in, we sang that song every service. And do you know what happened after about a month of that? There wasn't any, oh boy, going on. It's going. They were just words, weren't they? The same thing happens to people when they're monkeying around with something that's holy. At first, it's a great thing. And then if you're taking it every, 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 every week, what does it become? It becomes just a routine. It becomes a a tradition. It becomes something of non-effect. It becomes something that, that, that doesn't mean to you what it meant when you did it the first time. We will be taking Holy Communion during our Pesach Seder here. We will be doing that. He said, you mean we had that wrong too? Yeah. Yep. Had it wrong. Well, gee, I don't understand, Prophet. I can tell you. We got our kids. We got them up there. And then we didn't understand why them, some of them have died, why they've been sick. Huh? That, is something holy. Okay, you can't defile it, and when you do, you are going to pay a price. It became a cracker. It became a game. It became a cup of uh, just a small cup of, of grape of, uh, of grape juice. It quit being the blood in the body of Yeshua a long time ago. I am not, by the way, an advocate of you letting your children take holy communion. Not until they have been uh, at a place of bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, whether they have been bad mitzvah or bar mitzvah, that's not one. But, but at that age, where they can truly understand about the blood and the body. I had a woman one time, I made that speech, and she brought up a a, a little kid, probably about five years old. And she said, "Oh, he can take it." I said, "It's your kids, up to you." I said, "Can I ask you why?" Oh, yeah. He's a major prophet of God. I said, oh, he is. I said, he looks like a little kid. I always wonder whatever happened to all that. I never knew. But what you're doing is, you, you are, bless God, defiling your children, thinking that you're doing something that's kind of fun, or you're thinking, no, no, no. It's life and it's death. You choose Are you getting getting there where I'm at? Do you see, again, you mess up Holy Communion, and folks, I'm going to tell you something. You have defiled something very holy, and God does not bless defilement. You said, my Lord, how many is going to do that tomorrow morning? A whole bunch. But isn't it in your heart? Let me tell you where it's at. It's in the Word said, oh, I never thought of that before. You have now. Well, I don't know whether I like that. I didn't ask whether you liked it or not. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You see, we, 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 we So, who made that rule up anyway? Who, who came up with this thing that, well, we were going to do this this way and we were going to do that? Who did that? <laughs> Come on. The Roman Catholic Church did that. Not a one of them had the Holy Ghost. Not a one of them spoke in other (laughs) tongues. Be careful, Daggard. Yet we just accepted it, thinking, yeah, we'll just do it every Sunday because it's a thing to do. How many churches you've been in where they won't let you take it unless you belong to the church? (laughs) I love that one. You know what they were doing? They were doing you a favor and you didn't even know it. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) It made us mad, but anyway... (laughs) In the long run, they were doing us a favor, amen? Let's go to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs 28. Oh, God's got a lot to say about it. Now, now in the ninth verse, now let me see if that's what I want to do. Let me, me, uh, okay, I want to start in the first verse. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. We are bold as a lion. For the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof, but by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. A poor man that oppresses the poor is like a sweeping rain which leaveth no food. They that forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. We're not afraid to say, look, this isn't right. Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. Better is the poor, that walketh in uprightness, than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Whosoever keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is companion of righteous men shameth the Father. He that by usury and unjust gain increases his substance, he shall gather it for him, that will, be, that, that will pity the poor. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer, shall be abomination. Oh, man, I could have talked all day and not read that. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer, shall be an abomination. Now, this is deep. Get ready to hang on, though, because we're going to get to it. Do you suppose that's why prayers don't get answered? That's exactly why they are. I said, I never, I've been in church all my life. Prophet, I never heard anybody talk like that. You are now. See, you you can't just decide that you're going to do what you want to do, and it's okay. You can't just decide to pick and choose some building to go in that's got a name over it called a church, and just decide, oh, well, I like that because I like the way it sounds and the way it feels, and that must be God. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Every word. And somehow in all of this, what we have had happen to us is we have, been, we have brought ourselves to a place where we don't know what's wrong or what's in between. Now, brothers and sisters, that has always been in the Scripture. That's always been in the book of Proverbs in the 28th chapter, but you never heard anybody minister that, that particular verse. Why? <laughs> they didn't want you to wonder what you were doing, where they were at. His prayer shall be an abomination. Now listen in, in, in the, in, in, down on into the, uh, the 13th verse. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Uh-oh. But whosoever confesseth and forsake them shall have mercy. Boy, do you want to have mercy? Then I'm going to tell you something. You're going to have to what? Confess? And you're going to have to do what? You're going to have to forsake. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It's one thing to confess, and it's another thing to forsake. What I have always said about sin, and I wish I could tell you I lived it all the time. I didn't. But so the conclusion that I've come to with the fact is the key is we do sin. But we must repent for that sin. But what we've got to do more than that is turn away from and walk away and forsake it. That means not going back to it. And again, some of us seem to say, well, I can't help myself. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. Had an old boy one time. Oh, I don't, well, I don't think I've ever told this story. Had an old boy one time was a drunk, okay? This old boy could flat put away the beer and the booze. And he came to me and he said, uh, I would give anything if I could get cured of, of, of alcohol. I said, oh, that's not a problem. He said, well, what do you mean it's not a problem? I said, well, I'm going to pray for you. Oh, that'll be good. I said, oh, that's not going to do it all. And some of you have heard me talk about the duct tape thing. Well, see, I've had something about duct tape for a long, long time. I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you what you do. You go home and get some duct tape. And I said, when you feel like you want to have an urge to have a drink, you have your wife duct tape your mouth, if it has to go all the way around your head, uh, two or three, uh, go. And then you have her to take your hands and put them over the back of a of, 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 of a chair, a kitchen chair, and duct tape your hands to that chair. And about twelve hours, come back and rip that off your face and see if you're still saying, "I want a drink." He said, "That's the craziest thing I ever said, I, I ever heard." And I said, yeah, it kind of is, but I said, I bet it works. He said, are you going to pray for me first or after I get that duct tape ripped?
0: <laughs>
3: Some of you know at this point you're in for a real ride, don't you? There's ways to do things, folks. Do you want to know something? <laughs> He tried it, and it worked. I didn't see him for two or three months, and I thought, oh, dear God in heaven. His wife might have got it up here, and and he may have, you know, went on. I looked one day, and there he was out in the congregation. Things were over, and he walked up, and he said, "Uh, prophet? I said, what? He said, it took a while. I said, oh, it did. He said, You know something? As long as that tape as long as that tape was around my mouth and my hands were duct taped to the top of that kitchen chair, he said I couldn't take the tape off. He said I, I couldn't because I, I had to get the fingers where he couldn't get the And he said, I was literally picking that chair up, going
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: And my wife would not untape me. I said, well, you're still alive and you're cured. He said, boy, am I. And he said, you know something? Finally, she untaped me. Things went real well for about four or five days, and then he said, I got that urge again. I said, well, did you get that kind of wild look in your eye? He said, no, sir. He said, I went over and looked in the refrigerator, and I hid... One beer in the bottom where we keep the vegetables, just in case. He said, I got the shakes. You ever been around a drunk? You know? he got the shakes. And he said, I was just about to get rid of the shakes, thinking, now I know this is my last beer, Lord. And he said, I reached in. And about that time, he said, my wife closed my fingers in that door, drawer. He said, I let out a war whoop, and the next thing I knew, she had the duct tape going around my head. My last thought at that point was I wanted to threaten her within an inch of her life, but at that point, she already had me turned around in a circle and had once again my hands over that cockeyed chair. And she went around and around and around, and she wouldn't stop, and I couldn't feel my hands. I said, but it worked. He said, yes, sir, it did. He said, "Uh, said, that time I had to sleep kind of with my knees in the chair. He said, I suppose if the neighbors peeked in, they thought I was praying. He said, finally, she untaped me again. He said, again, I walked around going, no. He said, if she could have interpreted that, it was, I'm going to kill you as soon as you untaped me. But he said, then all of a sudden, I thought, you know what? I'm going to pray, And I, because I can't drink. I can't, get, I can't, honestly, he said, I couldn't get the chair in the car to drive it to get anything. So he said, I thought, well, maybe i would pray. And I said, it came to that.
0: <laughs> and
3: he said, and I prayed. And he said, the Lord God heard me. He said, a peace come over me. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, you, you have laid hands on me and it felt like electricity running into me. He said, all of a sudden, the peace come on me and he said, something shot up out of me like the electricity was running the other way and running right out the top of my head. I said, that was that devil. He said, I was delivered, wasn't I? And I said, yeah, you were. Don't tell me you can't. The old adage, where there's a will, there's a way. I'll make something up. I should have patented that, by the way.
0: <laughs>
3: so, Brother Decker, you, you, you wouldn't do anything like that to any of us? I hope, oh, no. Whatever it takes, right? I'm going to tell you something. God is something else, okay? But you see, I, I again, uh, you you can yeah, it, some of these ways are a little a bit unorthodox, okay? Uh, meaning the fact that I never heard of that. Ever tried to cure somebody of alcoholism? But it worked. Now would it work on somebody else? Probably not. But it did on this old boy. Like it killed him first, but it worked, okay? I don't think I ever shared that, but thank you. It must have been one of those evenings, right? It just must have been one of those evenings. Let's go to Ezekiel 22. Ezekiel 22. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I love the Lord. 22. We're going to start down in the 23rd verse. 22. Uh, yeah, twenty two, twenty three. As silver is melted in the midst of the furnace, so shall you be melted in the midst thereof. And you shall know that I am the Lord, have poured out my fury upon you. Now I'm in I'm in Ezekiel twenty two, twenty three. I just missed and went twenty two, didn't I? I'm in twenty two, twenty three, But I missed it and did twenty two, twenty two. Now, nobody knows where we're supposed to be. Uh, I, I got the book up here that says Ezekiel 22, starting with 23. And the Word of the Lord came into me saying, Woo-hoo! Got you. I was going, what has that got to do with anything that I'm trying to minister? Every once in a while that sneaks up on me. I... Sometimes I try to make the best out of it, but then I get done and I say, hey, that didn't work. Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion raving the prey. They have devoured souls. They, They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. For priests have violated my law and profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they they showed difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths. And I am profaned among them. Boy, that's some charges, isn't it? I'm going to tell you something. Oh, 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 Zeke here. I call him Ezekiel. This the, he 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 of bad bad boys. I mean, you you just you you just didn't want to mess with him, okay? Now now you see, I'm not going to say that he liked doing what he was doing here, but I don't believe he minded it one iota because he went at him and he said, "Look, you you have profaned the holy things. You made no difference between what between the holy and the profane." See again, as I said, that, that that's a picture, and we 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 use scripture. Uh, like that would parallel to that here uh, uh, last night, and that is a picture of the church. We don't keep the sabbaths. You notice it said sabbaths. Did, did you hear? Did you hear Donna when Donna said that? That, that uh, bless God, there will be a Sabbath the first day, a Sabbath the last day, a Pesach. There are sabbaths, all right. And if you're not trained and don't know, you don't have the foggiest idea what they are. But he goes on here and he says. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves raving the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. And her prophets had, had dabbed themselves with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord when the Lord hath not spoken. What's that? That's speaking, in, speaking the name of the Lord in vain. Now, that, again, that's serious stuff, all right? The people of the land have used oppression, and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and the needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge, stand the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. You hear this? Take this and look today at Christianity. The Lord God is looking for people that bless God that will stand the gap, will make up the hedge, will stay the covenant that will save the people, save the land. What land are we talking about? We're talking about the land of Israel. You are that people you are those that are going to make up the heads. You are those that, bless God, that, 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 are, that are going to stand in the gap. You're going to, not going to they, see, God's not having to look, we're here. As I said, uh, and, and, and I remember when it all started here in America about two years ago, two and a half years ago now, I remember when I started saying, and I used to, I used to go through the Hans Christian Andersen fable, and I used to talk about how, uh, in fact, I think I even said something last night about the fact that how, here's this little boy, and, and, and when I, I, years ago God showed that to me, and I taught that or, or ministered that or preached that, whatever, I probably preached it, that it was just like the church is today. There's a lot of preachers out there, brothers and sisters, that know this message is the truth. But it is more convenient for them to go along with the flow, because if you, if you start going against the flow, like I do, but you see, I've always gone against the flow, but when you do that, then you disconnect yourself over here, and Jezebel's not going to have anything to do with you. You're on the outs, okay? And if you belong to some kind of a denomination, you could, preacher, find yourself without a car, without a house, without food, (laughs) without clothes. You could really be out. And that is the reason that I'm saying that, bless God, that it's easier to go along with a bad thing than to stand up for the truth. And the church is in such ruins at this point. Where are you going to start? Because you can't be a good guy and get this done. You can't can't be somebody trying to be in a beauty contest here to see if everybody's going to say, well, I still like you at the end of the day. You have to, uh, as a prophet, you only, you're only after the things of God. You're, on, you're only just like Ezekiel was doing. My place is to tell you how the hog ate the cabbage, as I'm always saying. You may not like it. You may not even want to believe it. But the fact of it is, I'm going to tell you that. And I've told congregations that for years. And, and as I begin to, to, to minister that message, uh, in, in not in its entirety, but just in places within it, I begin to say the sad thing about it is, that bless God that there was there was all the there was all the church lined up. And bless God, here comes this old boy, just naked as a jaybird. King do-right or whatever. And here he comes down the middle of Main Street, strutting, in his birthday suit. And and all of a sudden, everybody's going, Oh, oh my, the king, the king, the beautiful robe, oh the beautiful this little kid says, hey, the king's naked, you idiot. He ain't got no clothes. They go, oh. And all of a sudden, the joke was up, would not it? Let me, let, me, let me show you something. I want you to go with me over into the book of Revelation. The whole of this uh, comes down... to the third chapter and the fourth verse of the letter to the Laodiceans. And unto the angel in the fourteenth verse of the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness the beginning of of creation, of the creation of God. I know thy works, okay, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I I would thou were cold or hot. Okay, one or the other, not lukewarm. But because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, you know, we, we for years have looked at that and said, okay, that, you know, that's the Baptist, the Methodist, that's this, it's that. But folks, it was the whole church. Now listen as it goes on through this thing. Because thou hast said I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, blind, and naked. The church happens to be wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Now listen to what he's telling him. He said, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white and raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the, 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 the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyes to have that thou mayest see. This thing about spiritual eye salve is real. Scales that are upon their eyes. The scales that are going to drop off the eyes of Judah. But more importantly, the scales that are dropping off the eyes of the church. You never, you never heard, because you see, the message is now. We have heard about the scales falling in the eyes of the Jews for how many centuries? But what we haven't heard is the eyes of, 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 the, of the Gentile, or what we call the Gentile church, the scales are also falling off of their eyes, and those scales are. Now, 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 listen to this. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Lord God, must love me? How about you? Huh? There's times when that angel shows up, I just kind of peek. I know he knows and he can see through the cover, all right, but kind of peek up over that cover, and there that, that big sucker is, and I'm going, oh no, I'm in trouble now. That's when you'd like to be able to just cover it and act like you're asleep, and maybe you go away. Nah, you don't go away. He said, be zealous, therefore, and repent. And that's what the key of this is, is repentance. You can't restore yourself back to right standing with God until you repent. He said, well, I've said I'm sorry. I said you can say you're sorry all day. Repentance is re- saying you're sorry for the sin, turning from the sin, forsaking the sin, and walking away from that sin and not turning around and running back over here and going just one more time, Lord.
2: Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois. Cradle of Hope Ministries, again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So again, you can also get more, all the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week remember with God all things are possible
1: I don't
0: know
1: I share
0: let us pray.